Hey everyone, this is Rich Ramon and you're listening to Still Talking With. Yeah. Greetings, my friends. This is the brain of TV's Pinky in the Brain. Yes, and my, my uh, human avatar, Maurice LaMarche. Hi, it's Chris Poland, and you're listening to Still Talking With. Hey, this is Eric Roland, voice of Kendo Rapa on My Hero Academia and host of the Tough Love Podcast. You're listening to Still Talking With on the Dorkening Podcast Network. My crew is ready to obtain the absolution. Wow, check out that new intro. It's like somebody knew what they were doing. Anyway, you know me, I'm the monkey. <laughs> that happens once in a while. <laughs> uh, hey, you know me. Anyway, Benjamin. Yeah, you didn't hit the wrong buttons this time. Yeah. I mean, it only took you five seasons to get the buttons right. Yeah, I'll screw it up next week. <laughs> no, man, I am... Uh... I'm really excited about tonight's show. We had this amazing gentleman on back in season two. He, he joined us for our New Year's Eve special. Um, but when you have over 200 acting credits, plus writer credits, plus producer credits, plus you become an author, and you're yeah. always, always that guy, yeah. you got to be on the show more than once. I mean, I'm yeah. just going to leave. I'm going to leave it right there. I'm going to let Jeffrey uh, bring, bring the amazing guest in tonight, like he always does. Jeffrey. Hey, hey, hey. Happy Wednesday. It is Wednesday, right? It must be because you can see me. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to get into. I missed that first show we had with uh, with our guest tonight. Um, yeah, you had a concussion. <laughs> I had a concussion. Um, yeah, but I, I did get to chat with him uh, New Year's Eve, which was uh, you know really really cool. So uh, let's just bring that guy in, Mr. Larry Hankin. Wow, there I am. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that was uh, <laughs> unexpected. Unexpected, you, you got to always expect the unexpected. You should know that, especially on this show, exactly. You know, so, uh, how you doing, Larry? Well, I'm, I, I, I it's, uh, it's a hard question. That's really hard <laughs> question, man. I, I don't, uh, I'm doing okay. I just thought I'm, it's like postpartum. Uh, I just finished a book like yesterday. Like last night. Right. So now I don't know what to do with myself. I have all the, I mean, the time you spend with your book is, a, is an amazing amount of time. It's like months. And it, and it I, I can go for like four or five hours of, of just writing. Sometimes I just lose myself. So now all that time is now freed up. And I got to like refill it. That That's a hard thing to, to do. I understand what postpartums is now you, you go through pregnancy and then you have the kid and then what do you do now i mean you got all this time and body left over and you empty. gotta start the sequel start the well, sequel well well this guy I, not that, that guy. takes a little time man you know months days you know actually years, hours actually the book that you just finished that's not out yet right Right, right. That that's, oh, that's a be, new book. That's a new. That's a new book. So, I, right. so I've been writing for two years now, straight. Right. I mean, I think there was a month in between where I went through this with the other book when I finished it with that right. guy, and then th there was like a month of I didn't know what the hell to do with myself, you know, because all of a sudden I'm not writing and I'm not acting. What what the hell is going on? So that's 
why it's hard for that to answer that question. You know, how are you doing? I have no idea, man. I'm trying to learn the guitar. You see, I'm trying to learn the guitar. I'm trying to fill the time like this. Right? <laughs> oh, oh, we're just filler now, guys. <laughs> I think I'll talk to Ben. That's oh, kill an hour. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, but but it's a pro it's a problem, and I, I understand even you know like people who retire. I mean, I understand that now. You, what do you do with the time? You know, you you're all you know geared up for <clears throat> bookkeeping or putting out fires or you know digging ditches or doing radio shows or whatever, and then you, it's taken away. Have you thought mm -hmm. about uh, blogging? I mean, you know, you just no, finished the book. So. Reading. I'm just starting to read, I think, is a good thing. I'm starting to read. I understand why people read books. Mm -hmm. They have nothing else to do. That's the reason. <laughs> people well, you just like a good story. I love to read. <laughs> well, I, yeah, but, I mean, that guy is a great story, and I thought it would be like an out of sight, you know, bigger than The Godfather. That's what I thought. And, and it missed the mark a little so yeah, it takes a little uh, you're thinking well there's not enough people with nothing to do i need more readers you know right. i mean it's got pretty good reviews it, it did pretty well but i expected you know to be living in a mansion right now <laughs> is it available in, uh, is it available in audio N no and and that's uh i've been arguing with the publisher and he won't do it so i'm gonna get another publisher you know so. right because yeah, uh, he won't, he audio. won't do it, and I have to pay for it. It's, it's not cheap, and also it takes a lot of time. I mean, I, well, not as much time as it takes to write it, but to actually read it, you can't do it in one, in one take. You got to go in for a couple of days, like once a week or something like that. So it takes a while to to do that, and I did. Um, I had to do uh, for that guy. I had to do uh, a ten minute hunk to sell it to the publisher he wanted uh, uh, audio right so i and he and so i you know wanted to, uh, like everybody thinks well i'll do it in my house you know i'll just get in the bedroom and i'll do it no it's not that easy you know it's uh because cars go by people in the hallway or somebody upstairs or you just hear these noises that you just can't get rid of they're just so I finally had to do it in little, uh, here's what I did. I, I did it at from three to four in the morning. Oh. You figure, okay, nobody's around. And I only could do it for an hour and then something would happen. So well, three uh, to four, a couple of times a week. So, so here's a question for you. You're yeah. saying the, the little noises, is it because your microphone's picking up the, the noises? No. or you're Yeah, the microphones and, and just... You know, even if you move it to like I, this chair that I'm in now, which is a yep. cool chair and I like it. I can't use this chair because there's little, little squeaks and it's on wheels. And so I have a lot of chair. You got to pick the right chair. You got to pick the right room. Uh, some people, you know, recommended a closet, but that's uh, too much well, trouble. You well, you're making it sound difficult just to read a book. <laughs> no, no. Reading is the <laughs> easiest thing. It's okay. making the book or getting you to read it. <laughs> that's the, the the deal but reading is you know you just pick up a book and you start to you know read words 
Well, the, no, the, no. the right microphone and the setup w would totally solve that. Like, like the microphone I I use, you got to be like, yeah, right. he's a, he's a, he's the techie, the sound guy. Yeah. That's that guy, right? Yeah, Leo. yeah, yeah that's, that's that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right, that's right, Leo. Yeah, he, he, right, Leo. Yeah. Oh, you just get another microphone, and it's really simple to do it in your home. It took me like a month to come up with a solution. And I, tried, I asked, I talked to a lot of people. I mean, I said, look, I, I got to do it in my home. I can't afford to go. So, you know, how do you, and then I tried everything. I finally did it. I mean, I did it, but I did it in, in sections at yeah. three or four in the morning in my bedroom. And I had a little table. And I also sent away to, um, what do you call it? Uh, Amazon uh, for a baffle. But, oh, but yep, one yep. of those little portable ones. Yep. I got a baffle. I put a thing on. I put it under a cover. You know, I did all those things, and finally I got it right. But it took me a while, man. And and the the stuff that you're probably talking about would cost me money, you know. I might as well go and record it in the studio, you know. But I did it. So, But I understand the, the whole thing about the audio. It's not, you know, oh, I'll just do an audio. No, it has to be really cool because yeah, you, you, people, you, you know, want to, you know, just – well, people want to uh, hear a quality, but, you know, yeah. it's, it's a couple things. One, you know, being your voice. People want to hear you. Exactly. Speak, you, you know, know that uh, if you, if the author does the voice, it, it sells more books. Oh, totally. It's just another person. And but the author, you are. Well, I, I understand that because when I started to read, you know, my stuff that I wrote, you know, for, uh, I, I think I did five, you know, three minute things or something. Uh, you, uh, I start to hear my voice and, and understand there's, there's a lot to that too, like a right. radio voice. I mean, you know, I was thinking back, uh, then I used to listen to radios and they used to have stories, you know, Sky yep. King and all those. Um, there's, that's a talent. You can just, you can't just open a mic and start reading something. Yep. It sounds like you open a mic reading. and started reading something. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound Right. And, and it's not so natural. It, it said that's natural, right. So it took me, uh, so once I got the sound and everything right and the bedroom and the room, and then I had to practice. No, that doesn't sound good at all. It sounds like me reading it. it I hear that no... all the time in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, so there's, there's a thing to everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and uh, you know, you just say somebody goes, hey, yeah, get that or hey, do this or, you know, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that's that's my new answer. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that's going to be the third book. Yeah, yeah right. right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so do it this way. You know, no, I don't like that. Do, do it another way. Change it. Yeah. So, uh, well, this one's going to be called, I think I've had about. I think about 25 names already for the, for this new book. But I think I got it down to, I don't know, how's this? Oh, I'll test it out just as a name for a book. Um, Love and Rants. Okay. You know, you got love in there. You got rants. You can see the tension. Yeah. I don't know. So, but I've had a lot of, you know, just Barnum's Journal. I don't know. You know, it's just 25. Uh, I, I'll let the publisher, you know. Well, once you, what's you it know, about? It's just a story. It's a story about 
Well, here's the, here's the setup. The setup is uh, a, a homeless guy and a girl who wants to, and a woman, a homeless guy and a, and a, and a female, male and a female, homeless and, and a female who wants to get married but has and has a really nice apartment. And he just wants to stay single, but he needs love and shelter, and she wants to get married. Okay. Uh, and he's homeless, so he's a homeless guy. So what I did was I, because um, I'm kind of ADHD, uh, you know. So one of the things about ADHD is your your subconscious mind is going all the time, man, uh, faster than your conscious mind. So that's what the this dissonance is. So I, I tried to write the book in that, or give the impression of the dissonance. So I divided his life into home and on the street and he's sleeping in his car. He's sleeping in a tent. He's going around. He's, you know, panhandling. And then he has an act. Well, he gets beat up, you know, cause he's homeless in the gang, you know, at night. So he stays at her house for two days to kind of recoup. And they both get an inkling of what it would be like living together. You know, he loves it because he's injured and getting attention and now she's got to be the nurse and she don't like that. So there's always, I'm trying to get the, you know, the daytime, he has nothing to do with, with the home and the girl. He, he's got to, you know, get food and stuff like that and live on the street. And then when he goes there, he's got to be like a home guy and she's a bartender at night. So she's got that going for, you know, guys hitting on her all the time. And then she wants a nice, simple, you know, stayed home life, you know. So they're always, that's the tension. And, and I love that. And I'm trying to capture that in the book. That, that's the difficulty. You're making it work. I mean, it sounds, sounds right to me as a writer. But making that work is really hard. I've, I've, I've been working on it for a couple of months. I think I got it down now. But, but that's kind of the book. But it's a fiction as opposed to a memoir. And the reason is very simple. Fiction sells way more than uh, memoirs. Uh, memoir, I think it's like 80-20. 80% fiction, 20% memoirs. Wow. So the memoirs, you know, did okay. But um, uh, the memoir sold okay for a memoir. It sold very good. But for, you know, the, the big, I mean, you have, and also I didn't know this uh, until I wrote the first book, uh, women buy 80% of the books. That's a lot, man. 80, well, you know, you go on the beach. I live right on the beach here. And you go walking down the beach. Who's reading books? Women, you know, they're reading, you know, getting a tan well, and reading My, my uh, wife, a couple of years ago, she made a, uh, a New Year's resolution that she wanted to read every day. Yeah. And good. Uh, she's stuck to it. It's, uh, I think she's, uh, two or about three years in now and every single day, you know, uh, at night, you know, she's always, yeah. you know, uh, reading a chapter and I think it's awesome. It, huge. Yeah. It's really good. I, 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 as, because I have this time now, I mean, for a couple of days now, I, by the way, I banged my hand. Oh, this no. This is what happens now. I mean, it was just a bad uh, on the on an edge. In other words, a, a edge of a corner, yep. you know, like a right there. So that's the. But look what happens, man. I mean, it's just it's nothing, but it looks like oh my god, man. 
It looks like a tattoo or something. <laughs> you know, this well, is what you see when you get in the, uh, you know, that big space uh, telescope up there? Hubble. The one that can see the furthest. Right. The okay, so last night I was watching, uh, you know, like Nova. And uh, so they had, this is the furthest thing that's ever been seen, you know, the, to the edge of the universe. We took a, a photo of it. And all it is, like uh, everything else looks like a, a galaxy or a star or a pinpoint. But this, the only thing at way the hell out there, looks exactly like that. That's all it looks like. It's a sign. It's a, it's a sign. It's a sign. It's we're, a sign. We're, I'm an alien. They're we're, coming we're for all, you. We're or, all, or, or just out in space. Or, or just spaced, period. <laughs> but no, I call home. Call home. If I press this, I get a signal. I get a signal. Maybe yeah. it's a sign we're all living in Larry. Like the whole universe is like Larry. Uh, ah, there's another book right there. Yeah. Right. Kurt Vonnegut. Okay. Has anybody read? I see all of a sudden I've read like eight books in like two days because I'm a writer now. I mean, I haven't read in like 20 years. And then I did, you know, oh, I got to write. So I, I read um, uh, Slaughterhouse Five. Uh, and, um, he, he's into that. I mean, it's about him and the, him in the army, but, it, and it's really cool. It's, I would recommend that to anybody. It's a great, great book, but he, uh, he keeps on going in and out of either he's wounded or they give him drugs to while he's in the hospital or he's knocked out by, a you know, being captured and they beat him up. So whenever he goes unconscious, he goes to two places, either he's, trips back to when he first got married, when he was younger, he just, or he goes to 300 million miles into space and he talks to aliens and then he comes back and he finds out he's under a prison camp and, you know, in Germany, uh, <laughs> in Dresden, as a matter of fact, he was there during the bombing. Wow. When they bombed, they missed him. That, uh, Really, he was just, uh, they had taken him down. He was a prisoner and they had taken him down into a cellar, a really deep cellar. And uh, just because they wanted, they had no other place to keep a, a ten, a, 10 people. They put him down there. And then the bombs started to drop and they, you know, leveled Dresden and they had to dig their way out. And when they got up, they just knew they were bombing, but they didn't know what was going on. I mean, really. And when they got out, it, it, his description is really great because all of a sudden you can imagine it was just fucking flat as low as far, I mean, rubble as far as the eye could see. And he left, Dresden was supposed to be back in the day, it was supposed to be like a, a glamour city like Paris. Mm. It was like a, the most beautiful city in Europe, theoretically. Right. And it was just so that's what he saw. He was, you know, as they're marching him, he's captured. He's, you know, bare feet. He's, they've been marching for days I mean, and just exhausted. And then they're marching through the streets of Dresden before the bombing. And he's, he's describing it's beautiful. And, you know, the guy in front of him is dying, you know, and so it's a great it's a great book. Anyway, uh, he, Kurt Vonnegut writes about, you know, out there. 
and it it works. In other words, he's he's a prisoner and he's talking about aliens, and you believe both. You go, yeah, I I get it. It's fine. So that's what I was kind of trying to do, take two different things and put them together and see if they could work it out. Okay, so that's about that. But that's not that guy. That no, guy that guy. And I'm pretty sure we have, we have a picture of the book, that guy, Leo. He's got it right there. He's got the book right there. Hey, weird, man. There it and, is. And there it is. There it is. Okay. So, so it's got pretty good reviews and everything like that. And it's oh, about yeah. it's about my life in show business. It's it's kind of cool. I read it recently. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, one of the reviewers uh, calls you a real life Forrest Gump. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. See that—that's what I'm yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. Well, involving... You just go along with him, and his world changes yeah. because of his mind. He can go along with it, but nobody else would be able to. As the same thing with Kurt Vonnegut and my my book. It just jumps from. You're homeless. You're oh, you're living in a home. You're, you're homeless. You're living in a home. Uh, you're a, you're in a bar. You're a bartenderess. Guys are hitting on you. Uh, you're you're begging on the street. You know. Let's see if they can. You know. It's but yeah. It's uh. You need a challenge. I, I guess maybe I do. Yeah. I got to make it work. I, I want to get two things and make it work. When I mean, because all my friends say, uh, the the first time somebody read it, what? Well, yeah, the that. Uh, well, no, no, the the second one, the one I, uh, you know, love and rants. And somebody said you've written three books. Uh, the 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 only person who's read it, which was the typist, she said it's it's really great, but it's three great books. It's, I go, what do you mean? Well, what it's it's about, you know, boy, girl meeting and trying to get along. And one is about uh, being homeless. And the other is about, uh, uh, he he's the guy, homeless. He's fascinated with um, um, uh, anthropology. He, he, he loves to talk about, it's an escape mechanism, really. He's talking about, you know, Cro-Magnon man and, you know, back in the day, he's always referring to back in the day, how it was when you could sleep anywhere, you know, you can't sleep anywhere today. Oh, no. well, back in the Cro-Magnon days, <laughs> I could sleep anywhere. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just a crazy Holy guy. Shit. So, and, and then the, that's his third world, you know, this, this, this homo erectus, homo sapiens, he's into, you know, Okay, so, uh, so I just read it. Uh, no, I mean, well, I, I'm reading two books, both of which I wrote. One is out there and, and on sale. It's on you know, Amazon, that guy. And this other one I have to read to correct it because i got to send it to a publisher. You gotta, it's got to be totally cool. They, do you know how many books are published every day and how many... I mean, it's uh, yeah. in the millions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you, to get... It has to be unique. Boy, does it. And and good. And, and well-liked and well-reviewed. I mean, boom, right. boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. it's... it's yeah. Uh, not easy. Not, it's harder, I think, than getting an, uh, an agent for, as an actor. Back in the day, and this is like, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. 
nowadays I wouldn't even know. K kids come up to me all the time and they go, hey, you know, I, I want to get an agent. How do you do that? Man, I don't know. I, you know, I was before digital, you know, and now it's all. In other words, I had to go to the valley to audition. And, and I live on the other side of the mountain, on a hill, the Hollywood Hills. So it's like an hour, 45 minutes to go out there to just to audition. Now, you know, you can do it on your cell phone. You just send it in. Right. Uh, blah, blah, blah. They send you the words and you blah, 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 and boom. You know, uh, I, I do a lot. Of, so I don't know how that works. I don't know how you, I mean, I would go in and talk to an agent, you know, and tell them, hey, I'm good. Get me, you know, really. But now you got to fill out forms. I, for my, to sell my book, this new book, because I didn't know how to do it with that guy. That was like a hunt and peck thing. I mean, I just asking around and sending things out. It's really hard. Now, uh, because of this new one, uh, I, I found this great um, <clears throat> uh, publisher, uh, our, our agent. Her name is uh, Karen Gantz. But she's like huge, like CAA, like a huge uh, acting agency. But to get to see her, to get, you have to fill out a form that you, you know, download from the internet. And it took me a month to fill it out. A month. And it's, it only came to um, two, two, two pages. One page each, you know, this is for this kind of thing. And this is for the book. One is about you and one is about the book and you send it in. And then if they like it, then they say, send, send the manuscript. So it took me a month to just write those, those two pages, just from the instructions on, on their internet, on their website. It's totally different. I would just go in and talk to the agent and, uh, you know, uh, but but here, here's how I got an agent after it was all said and done. The first time I got an agent, which is the first agent I ever got, a guy just came up to me. I came up, I was doing stand-up, you know, in the village, Greenwich Village, coffee mm -hmm. house, and stuff like that. And I come off the stage, and I happen to do a good set, you know, which is kind of rare. It's a hit and miss in coffee houses. But I did a good set. And there's this guy in a suit, you know, and a very nice man, gentleman, a gentleman. And he said... Uh, and that was very good. I said, oh, thank you very much. He said, do you have an agent? No. Do you want one? Yeah. How about me? Okay. <laughs> Done. Done. And he said, if anybody asks you, my name is Jack Rollins. You have an agent. Okay. Now, here's the the, the, the cool thing about it. Everybody in the, now you, you know, even just through newspapers and the air, about Greenwich Village in the 60s. It was a hotbed of you know, everybody who's famous now or even was and is dead already from an overdose or whatever. <laughs> they were all there in Greenwich Village and nobody in Greenwich Village. I'm talking about Dylan. I'm talking about Peter, Paul and Mary. I'm talking about the Kingston Trio. I'm talking about all these people were there in the village, totally unknown, young, totally unknown. And, and, and me and... Okay, so um, what what they wanted was not fame or not money. What they wanted, and all of us, representation. Mm. 
that was the only way you get out of the village to have representation. Wow. Well, this guy comes up and says, you don't want to, uh, you know, an agent? I go, yeah, okay. How about me? Yes. Boom. My name's Jack Rollins. You tell him Jack Rollins is your agent. I'll come in and check on you every once in a while. And he did. And he started booking me around. And that's how I got into show business. And boom, boom. Mm-hmm. So I had bragging rights in Greenwich Village. I mean, for, for no reason except I got a guy an agent. So that night after, you know, leaving him, you know, it was about midnight around when I got off the stage and you go to a bar and we were t- talking all the people, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was, you know, hanging, you know, well, what's up with you? And you go around the table and I said, why? Guess what? I got an agent. Really? Hankin got an agent. Wow. That's really cool. Uh, so uh, they said, you know, who is it? And I said, I, I don't know. He said, well, what's his name? You don't even know his name. Oh yeah. The, Jack Rollins. Jack Rollins. Yeah. Jack Rollins is Woody Allen's manager. Wow, man, I hit the jackpot. I hit <laughs> and and I right from there on he started booking me what I would be opening for Woody. And you know, and and I was going around the United States opening for Woody and then a weird thing happened. I was getting not as big a lap as Woody, because Woody was a couple of years ahead of me. He was like two years, you know, advanced in, in comedy. So he was known, and he would get a, 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 a packed house every night. And I would open for him, and I'd get my laughs, you know, okay. And he would kill. And then here's what started to happen. As we started to travel around, his laughs started to get bigger, and my laugh started to get worse for the same material I had been doing, both of us, just like that. And I'm going to, what's going on? And I found out, oh, Woody's audience is not my audience. There's audiences. And you have to find your own audience. Oh, another ladder I got to climb. Now I got to find my audience. Okay, so Woody isn't my... So he says, yeah, you got to go out on your own now. I'm going to start booking you with other people. You know, it's uh, Woody is on his own thing and you're on your own. Okay, so then it was hit and miss. You know, I'd I'd open for Ian and Sylvia. Great. I'd open for Miles Davis. Great. I'd open for the Kingston Trio in the toilet. Uh, And then people... And then I was, you know, watching prior and uh, Carlin, and I was listening to Lenny Bruce, and that's where I was going, which is not where Woody was going. He was going to white bread. And so what was happening was um, I would open for this, and yay, and then I'd open for that, and boo, and it was boom, up and down, and I'm going, no, basically what it is, you got to get your own audience, and then you got to star and have just your audience come to you and that's how you fill an arena so but that was just like another ladder not only do you have to it's not woody now it's you know it it keeps on just going like that and so that's why i i called and i said uh, to jack i said look jack i can't do this anymore i mean you say find your audience but i haven't hit a star that had my audience. So, so they would always come to me, you know? And so I uh, said, join second city. They're doing the same thing as prior and Carlin and Lenny, but they own the theater. So, uh, 
So that's what I did. I auditioned, and that's how I got into acting. Then I was going to, we went to San Francisco, opened our own company. And then, which is another weird thing. We would fly down to Hollywood because it's just $35 round trip in the 60s. You go, so you fly down there and audition for them. But if we didn't go down there and didn't, because they wouldn't see you, nobody would come to see you. Uh, or, or, or to have you go to see them. You know, who Larry Hankin never heard of him. No, I don't want to see him. Boom. That was it. So it was very difficult. But they would fly up to see a hit show called The Committee, which I was in. And they would hire us just by seeing us on the stage. So down there, we were nobody. But out of Hollywood, we were big. We were big in San Francisco. And that's how I got an, an agent in Hollywood. Uh, yeah, um, Laverne, uh, Laverne and Shirley. Yep. Uh, uh, Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall came to a show up in San Francisco, saw me in the show and said, get him down here. I'm doing a dance thing. Laverne and Shirley are going to their prom. I, I, I need somebody to dance with. He's a physical comedian. So I went down there. An agent saw me and boom, here I am talking to you guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it worked. It worked. Right. Uh, so, so I mean, that that's, in other words, each time, I don't think, I think it's me, not, not the sphere. I think, I think I just get bored real quick. So, you know, I was a stand-up comedian and when I, I, that I used that as an excuse. What? Somebody say something? Oh, sorry. I had to add. No, no. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh <laughs> each time I would change jobs I, I would change talents mm -hmm. you know i would go with woody and then i would be watching richie Pryor, and that wasn't woody's audience so i'd go there and then it wasn't kingston trio's audience so i'd go to improv and then i would go to san francisco and then i'd be an actor and you know and now i'm a writer i i think it's <laughs> me i just get bored you know i, don't know. I think it's just you're well versed well, but that's a curse, man. As, as I said in <laughs> somewhere, uh, intelligence is uh, he, intelligence uh, has its flaws. I mean, if you're yeah. intelligence, there's certain things you can't do because people don't like you, <laughs> or or you, you're not in the, or they're not their your your audience, or well, whatever. You know, it's, it's and I think. That's what life is, and I never got used to it. You know, I, I was brought up in a, a very self-protected. Uh, I didn't know anything about the '60s. In the '60s, I knew nothing about the '60s. It never occurred to me. Folk singing, I didn't know it. Uh, I lived in uh, a very uh, not a religious house, but that kind of thing where you where was just sheltered. Uh, Sheltered, exactly. Sheltered. Yeah. My parents would only buy things to impress their friends when they came over to our house. So they would buy, you know, these uh, book a shelf worth of books that were all had the same cover, uh, like great authors, you know, all the books of great authors or the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> so nothing that, you know, not, not a single book, but like 
a set of books, a set of encyclopedias, uh, a set of rules. I don't. So I would just read pages. One, you know, I'd I'd open an encyclopedia and I'd read a paragraph, and then I'd go, and then I'd read a great book, you know, Don Quixote. I'd read two pages, and then I'd read. So I I think I thought the world is like that. Oh, you know, it's just. You don't need to study anything. You don't need to see the end of anything. If you just read a page, you got it. You know? <laughs> and that's what I thought. I really did. You know, uh, like uh, uh, Slaughterhouse Five. All I had to do was just turn to the middle of the book, read two pages. Uh, yeah, it's a great book. Yeah, <laughs> great book. You should read it. Well, at least you didn't just go to the end. Well, yeah, I would never. That's exactly no. I never read the end because I didn't know what. I didn't want to know. I didn't want to spoil it if I did read the whole thing. I mean, it's just I was saving time. I was saving I, time. I, yeah, I would only read two pages, but not the last page, which that saved the time. Yeah, as opposed to reading the whole book. Yeah, I was. I had. You have no idea, and maybe you do have an idea of my real life not my acting life or show business. It was just so out of whack with what was going on. Well, I'm ADHD. I think that was the, you know. Right, right. But serious. I'm serious ADHD. But, you know, you you work uh, workarounds is what they call it. You just figure out how to do it. And it seems to work every once in a while. It doesn't, but, you know, what the heck. Uh, it's, it's hard for learning words, being an actor. Yeah, you, you, you might mention ADHD. that. Mm. Uh, yeah, trying to just memorize. Oh man, that was the worst. Because the, the the more popular I got, the bigger the parts, the more words they give you. That's crazy. You know, I'm just, I, I mean, it, it's it's uh, to me it's stupid. In other words, you write a screenplay, it's just words, and and the lead actor gets the most words. I, I'm telling you, the lead actor gets the most scenes and the most words. That's all right. I know about show business. Well, <laughs> I kept, I got ADHD and a little, you know, dyslexia mixed in there. So uh, sometimes I, they would give me like a co-starring role or, you know, big role. And I'd have to turn it down, man. Here, here's the, the, the reality. I had a standing thing with my agent and the producers of things that they hired me for that Larry Hankin had to get his part first or, or when the first people got there, you know, like the producers, when they got the final script, I had to get the script to give me time, lag time to learn my lines. Now I didn't tell him that it was just a rule. You know, Larry has to get the book first or, or one of the first, when, when it first came out. Uh, if they asked, I would tell them, you know, I need the lag time. I, it's hard for me to remember lines. Okay. But then the parts got so big that there was not enough lag time. I would have to get the part before the guy finished writing it. And that didn't work, you know. Right, right. So um, I just, I kind of dropped out and then I started writing my own stuff and, and writing my own movies. Because I find I, I could memorize my writing easier than memorizing other people's writing. So, you know, so I think writing books is where I really belong. Because, you know, you're sitting at home, you can take your time, you can, 
you know, talk to you guys, get some information, you know. Right. It took you long enough to figure that out, though, didn't it? Um, yeah, it really did. <laughs> it, uh, it, uh, yeah, I'm a slow learner. I mean, once I get it, I'm cool. Once I get it, I'm cool. But uh, he says, uh, I mean, there's, there's one of these lines, one of the characters says in something I wrote where he goes, you know, well, yeah, yeah, I understand that. I've got an, I'm intelligent. And I said, you know, that's nothing to brag about, frankly. Uh, so that, that's the way I kind of think of myself as intelligent. It's, you know, it's got its drawbacks. It's not all hunky-dory. I don't know. Well, I can be scatterbrained like that, too. You know, I can't. Sometimes I can't focus long enough on something that I need to Exactly. You know, I but that's my life thing. Exactly. But, but I see that really successful people, you know, billionaires. Donald Trump. Uh, he's, I tell you, Donald Trump, I, I think he's intelligent. Yeah. And, but he just uses it wrong. I mean, it's just weird what he does with his mind. Uh, I, I think, thank you. Thank you, Ben. Uh, I, I think that um, he, yeah, like he probably has ADHD. He doesn't really focus on what's going on in front of him. He he takes it to another place. And I think all the, uh, what is it, angelic, and what's that religious group that's all, that's MAGA, Angel, Angelicans or something like that, right? So, uh, I heard that one. Excuse me? Haven't heard that one. No, no and there's a, all the MAGA people who are for Trump belong to, a, um, most of them belong to the same religious group. A well-known one. It's not like a secret cult or anything. It's like a Catholic <laughs> or blah, blah, blah. And they, and I consider Donald Trump an, the first AI politician ever. He, I think he looks at things the way AI looks at it. Everything is simply information. That's all. Like, for instance, you, you, AI works if you understand that it, it only recognizes information. You know, it doesn't have any feelings or consci conscience. It's just information. So the way to get any information from AI is to ask it questions. That's how you do it. You don't type in formulas or anything like that. You can't figure that out. But if you say, how do you stop global warming? That It can answer that. It can figure it out. It, it makes sense out of that. How do you stop global warming? It just figures it out and gives you the right answer. Not the cool answer. You, you but the right not. answer is get rid of human beings, which is the right answer. If you make us disappear, global warming stops. I disagree. Well, you're full of shit. I can just <laughs> I, I disagree. I can disagree. Uh, oh, disagree all you want. Go. I believe, if you really want to know my personal opinion on it. I do. Okay. 
I believe that the global warming is just the natural cycle of the planet. And it's not coming from out here, it's coming from inside the core. The planet is warming from inside, not okay. outside. Okay. That's my belief. Yeah, fine. I'm not even going to argue with you. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so, so, but that, that is the answer. That's what right. AI comes up with. Okay, fine. AI came up with that. Or let me even go give you more. Somebody told me that's what AI said. So I can't even guarantee that what well, I'm talking about right now. is right. I can't even say that. Leo's already Googling it. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll just log into AI. Yeah, well, whatever. But I, I okay. <laughs> so, but that's what I think. That's what I think. And that's what yeah. you think. So it's fine. It's cool with me. Uh, but, um, I think that Donald Trump thinks the way AI thinks. In other words, he thinks in facts and information, not in feelings or conscience. That's, that's, in other words, that's where I was going with it. Not that I want to argue about AI. Yeah, no, 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 no. What's your, do you, um, do you think AI is a good thing? I, I think it's like a knife or a gun, you know? I can okay. stab you or I can carve some meat. It all uh, depends I can on shoot the user. You or, yeah. or go yeah. hunt a deer. Right. Yeah. Depends on how it's used. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, I wait. think AI is as dangerous as both of those, but I use a knife and uh, I, I used to be on the rifle team in, in high school. So I've used a gun. So, uh, you know, but I think AI is dangerous, but I also think TNT is dangerous, but we use it. Right. I mean, you know, so I, yeah, I can't, I can't argue the point. I can just talk about it. Well, yeah, that's what, you know, and it needs more discussing actually. Uh, and yeah, moral, lots of stuff. Uh, but I'm, I'm way behind anyway, because I was born when there was black and white television. So, I mean, the, the internet confuses me. So I can't, I mean, that's the future. Now, here's another thing. Maybe somebody has a, a comment. Um, I think the only reality right now, this second, is the future. You know, uh, ego, uh, you know, cogito ergo sum is bullshit now. Uh, I, I think, you know, I think therefore I am. I mean, I think that applied before digital. I think now, I think some ego some is right. I am because I am. That's all. You know, I think before, I think because I think, therefore I am, I think doesn't work because if there's no human beings, what is the universe doing? It exists and it doesn't think. So cogito ergo sum is bullshit. I think, therefore I am. I think, therefore I am. I am, I, I'm real. If there's no I am, the universe is still there. Or is it? Well, that that's, uh, you know, totally to go off on a tangent here. That That's actually <laughs> one, of the, one of the theories with the, the double slick. Right now you're saying tangent? <laughs> now? How long have we been talking? Uh, well, I mean... <laughs> Based on what you said, that's actually one of the theories with like the double slit experiment. 
Yeah. You know, uh, are you familiar with the double slit experiment? No, let's hear it. I'm, okay. I'm so, so, so essentially what they have is they have a beam of particles and. Oh yeah. Right. It yeah. Can be in two different places at the same time. Yeah. Based on if it's being looked at or not. Right. And uh, one of the theories is that we create reality by looking at it. So like, right. like in a video game, when you move around, it draws, you know, where you're supposed to be able to see one of the theories is, you know, we create the universe as we look at it. Right. Is this like the matrix? It's like anything else, man. Yeah. These are discussion points because oh, even yeah. his point is uh, the theory. It's a theory. Yeah. Right. My, I'm a theory. You're, I mean, my theory, your, your theory, Ben's theory, whatever, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's as far as I can't, there's nothing now I can say for sure <laughs> anymore. I mean, you know, back in the yep. 60s, we all had yeah, it figured true, yeah. out. You know, I mean, well, that was like black and white. There's but, one thing I can say for sure. Okay. That everybody watching this show should go out and buy that guy. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> when you can find that information in the show notes up above or down below. I was going to yeah. mention that like 50 minutes ago, but oh yeah, but oh, Larry uh, went off on a tangent. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, yeah. I just wanted to read this, uh, this review, uh, which I mentioned earlier about somebody mentioned your uh, real life Forrest Gump, uh, which I totally find fascinating is uh, they reference Forrest Gump because your stories involving people like John F. Kennedy, Bob Dylan, Steve Martin, John Candy, Clint Eastwood, Brian Cranston, Woody Allen, Miles Davis, Lucille Ball, John Houston, Adam Sandler, and the list goes on. Uh, this person named Kyle gave you a five stars on uh, on Amazon. You got wow. a ton of five star ratings. So uh, yeah, really? how did you how did you find that out uh, on Amazon? How did you do that? I don't know how to do that. I, oh, I I, I I you just go to find your book on Amazon. Okay, I'll do yeah. that. I I didn't know. Yeah, that. and it's uh, kind of like googling yourself. Yeah. yeah, 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 but I, when I go on and I, I've done that, and I to, to see what my rating and my rating is four point three out of five, which is very high. That means I've got a lot of stars, yeah. but it didn't mention who gave it to me or how many stars I got. Uh, yeah, they'll see. It's you'll see a link for um, reviews. Yeah, there'll be another so, um, link right there for reviews. Yeah, so here's yeah. your book, and then yeah. if you scroll, uh, so you have your your reviews, and if you scroll down. We'll go over your customer reviews. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I never scrolled down. I just read. Yeah. Wow, look at all those five stars. I, that's what Fascinating. I mean. Yeah. Great read. Oh, my God. I'm really good. I'm a good writer. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your reality. <laughs> that's my reality. That's funny. <laughs> that's really weird. I, I never knew that. Okay, great. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. But like, but like I Bill mentioned, Leo. you can you can find all that information in the show notes up above, down below. Oh, okay, and on on this show, yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, okay, I've yeah. done my part now. I okay. and your book's available in paperback and hardcover. It is. Which one? That guy. Paperback. That guy. Yep. How yeah, much paperback. is the paperback? I didn't paperback. know that. Paperback is twenty seven. Hardcore, uh, hardcover, hardcore, hardcover. It's uh, hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> you got to read it with a Red Bull, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. and protection. Yeah. Uh, I always have protection, just in case. Thirty eight. <laughs> so oh, that, 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 that's that's fine. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, see, I'm glad I came to the show. I, 
I learned something. You know. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. You seem uh, to be yeah. quite the uh, the philosophical kind of a thinker, and I like that. Uh, well, I, I just it's from reading those 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 book series. You know, I just a page here and a page there. I don't know how it ends, but well, I can that, talk that about creates it. Creates randomness. It's uh, yeah. No, I'm interested in anything that's in front of me. You know, right. just it, oh, this boom. You know, but if you take it away, fine. It's it's like a dog. It's like a dog. There's uh, somebody once said that. You know, dogs have a great reality because they only see what's in front of them. They have no memory of, you know, uh, except, you know, danger and pain, mm -hmm. which is just a biological thing. Uh, but I mean, as far as adventures or being riding in a car or remembering, they're always here now. And I think that here now, right now is bullshit. I, I really do believe that that the future is the only reality because what we're doing now is going nowhere, man. I mean, you look around or you, you know, check science or you check the weather channel or you check your bank statement or you check your job or your <laughs> friends or your car or your tires, or, you know, whatever. It's going to the toilet. We're not doing it right. We're, you know, there's two things. There's curiosity uh, and uh, what's the other one? Curious, free will, curiosity and free will. I don't, uh, that was another thing that one of the characters said, you know, well, I have free will, you know, yeah, it's nothing to brag about, you know, uh, I don't think free will is the end all. I, I think free will is kind of a mistake or over amplified, whatever you call it, you know, uh, and also free will and also curiosity. Here's the thing. Okay. We're human beings and there's the universe. Great, here we are and there it is. Okay, now there's a little kid and he's in Malibu and he's going out in the backyard and in the backyard is a pool and the kid is only four years old and he can't swim and he's gonna fall into the pool maybe. And if he does, he's gonna drown because his parents are in another room and they won't hear it. But somehow somebody thought of a baby gate. They put a baby gate around the pool. And now the parents can stay in there and the kid can go in the backyard and there's a baby gate around the pool. Well, we're here and there's no baby gate around the universe. And we have curiosity. And that little kid has curiosity. And he sees the water. But there's a baby gate. Well, reality has no baby gate. And we have curiosity. So we have to build a baby gate for reality. There's no way you can do it. But nice try, Ben. I, let's, you know, you know let's, let's, and, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to try to build a baby gate around the universe. Because that's what we do. We'll solve it and we'll think about it. <laughs> and we'll push it as far as we can. That's what human beings do. It's bullshit, man. Oh, no man. other biological animal in this universe does what we do. You know, well, okay. they, 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 we're gonna... they say humans are, are problem solvers. Supposedly yes. we're, okay. Exactly. But and the one problem we can't solve is us, man. We're, we're the problem. Because we create the problem. Fucking... Well, right. we create the problem. We have to come up with a solution to it. 
Some, some well, yeah, sure. The complaints okay. do go. Okay, everybody, listen to Jeff. He's got a suggestion. You know, <laughs> solve well, the problem. I, okay, here's the thing. Here's the aliens, thing. What we're doing? No, we're trying to solve the problem. I'll tell you a, a way. We're trying to solve the problem. Really, we are. We're, we're trying. We're getting to the moon. We sent two people to the moon. Okay, and now we're going to send six people. They're they're working on it now to to Mars. They want to you know put a colony on Mars. So that'll be six people. What we're working on, and the problem we're working on, Jeff, is to get enough power and spaceships to get seven billion people off this planet and have first class. You know, so how are you going to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and meals for all the seven billion people that are on this planet. Yeah, I'm not down with space food. No, well, exactly. So I'm saying, I don't think we can solve it. Because we're on the track to solving it with these the spaceships and the moon and the Mars thing. But Jeff, we just admitted that ain't gonna get us very far. Well, we that's like we six the, people. We got seven billion people on this planet. We can't afford the gas for that. We we can exactly if we, uh, <laughs> if we reverse engineer the alien crafts that we found. What <laughs> we found an alien craft? <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> Okay. Oh, here we go. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, is it, that's another. You know, there's there's Larry, there's Jeff, and there's Leo. Yeah. I think even Ben came up with a, a thing. So you know, we're all on the same page. We're just like uh, we're all in different books, we're, but we're on the same page. You know the page. expression "shooting fish in a barrel." Yeah. Well, we're shooting into the barrel, and there's no fish in the water. <laughs> It's just oh, oh, the water's leaking out. The bullets put holes in the barrel. Oh, great! Oh, now all the fish are gonna water. die. Yeah, who would have thought of that? Yeah. Right. Anyway, I mean, it's just it's talk. The only thing I can bet on is ego sum ego. I mean, cogito ego sum is bullshit. That that's if I have anything to to leave with, that's it. Kogato right, Osom is bullshit. That's Larry it. said, let go of his ego. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. But we and are. My we armo are. And my <laughs> IO. We're getting close to time. Um, so I, I do want to ask you a, a serious question that we yeah. we didn't cover any of your, your acting tonight. But great. you've been, I, I know, great. There's so much more to mm-hmm. Mr. to that guy. Um, if there's one actor or actress out there that you haven't had the chance to work with that you could work with who would it be well just off the top of my head the first thing lucille ball i mean you know uh i don't uh who else um yeah i don't i don't i don't uh, i don't know many people's names i I, i'm bad with 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 names uh there was a Two two women, but I don't know their names. Uh, that I'd like to, uh, and not because they were they were funny, and they're they're not as famous as Lucille Ball. I mean, she's a comedian. I'm a comic actor, uh, but she just has a a, a great sense of uh, I don't know, like a worldview. Hmm. I mean, the way she acts, she she takes she comes from a different place. That that's why I, I just wonder about. Um, and she produces a lot of movies herself now. She, if she's in a movie, if she stars in a movie, 
she'll produce it or have a part of it. Uh, but I guess uh, the, uh, who who else? Uh, Imogene Coca. I don't know. You know, she, I mean, you know, just great funny women mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, are are really cool. Do I know uh, besides funny? Do I know any funny uh, any any women that I would want to act? What about like uh, Mary Tyler Moore or somebody like that? Well, that she's covered by, uh, you know, uh, Lucille Ball. I mean, uh, Lucille Ball is better than her, I believe. I mean, both of them, I, they're, they're fine. I have nothing yeah. against Mary Tyler Moore. I'd do it. Uh, I'm just trying to think of who, who else. That's a good question, though, but. Uh, who, yeah, who I was curious because you've worked with a ton of people and a lot of big names, you know. Yeah, and I try to learn. I try to pick up at least one thing or a couple of th you know. I try to learn from them. I try to. Uh, I'm not good at talking to them, you know, just shooting the breeze. I, I can't. I'm not a good hangout guy. I'll, I don't know. I think you did. I think you did I fine think tonight. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, you know, uh, yeah. it's just uh, the most of the famous people that I've been around. I. I you know, keep a little distance. I don't, I don't know how to, I'm still filled with awe. You know, I'm still, so I, I keep a little distance. I try to mind my manners around them, but I watch very closely. I, you know, how do they, like Clint Eastwood would just blow my mind and Marlon Brando, which I watched a film of him acting and how he prepared and get into the scene. Uh, I, I, that, the preparation, uh, Clint Eastwood, not so much for his acting, although he's a brilliant actor. I, I got to tell you that. He's not Clint Eastwood that you see on the screen. That's an actor. Mm -hmm. Clint Eastwood is just a, a very cool homo sapien. He's just really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, he does have an incredible memory. It just blew my mind. And here's the thing that nobody knows about Clint Eastwood. Secret. Um, trivia. Um, he is, uh, he knows every, what, what do you call him? Lear's limericks. Mm -hmm. He is a savant of Lear's limericks. Nobody knows that. But he really? used to eat, I was with him for three months on, on Escape from Alcatraz, a three-month shoot on, on Alcatraz. So he was always eat with the, uh, with the, the, the prisoners, uh, you know, the actors who had no lines. They would just eat in one big thing. And he would out, come out and he'd have his meals with them. And he would sit at the table and they would ask him questions, you know, like fans, you know. Hey, what did you do? And he would answer, you know, that was his meal. He would answer questions to all these guys, the prisoners. But then somebody said, uh, for some reason, he, he said a Lear's Limerick. It, it applied to what was going on, blah, blah, blah. He said, oh, I have a Lear's Limerick for that, blah, 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 blah. You know, there was a guy from St. Ives, you know that. Okay, so... After that, every day, somebody would give him a topic for a Lear's Limerick. I think it was a topic. Somebody had hmm. said a topic. And he said, oh, I have a Lear's Limerick for that topic. And they would say the Lear's Limerick. And then so every day they would just help. It was, oh, I got one. You got a Lear's Limerick for this. You know, tomato or money or, you know, goats. or, And he would do it. And now I don't know whether he was improvising them or he actually memorized them. But in the three months that I was there, eating lunch with him pretty much every day, he never was stumped. Ever. Wow. 
ever. Impressive. Yes, I would. Uh, that right. was what I came away with from Clint Eastwood. Oh. Holy cow, the guy. Right. You know, and then a couple of days later, or about a month later, he you know talked to the chair at the uh, Republican convention. Remember that? And this is a, a, a nineteen, no, the, the twenty twenty two or twenty sixteen. There's a Republican convention, and he wanted to speak at the convention, and and all they brought out was you know, ladies and gentlemen, Clint Eastwood, and they put a chair, and then they walked off the stage, and then Clint Eastwood came out. And on national television, you know, everybody's, you know, politics and all the, you know, he, uh, I think he was uh, against Biden or, or Obama. Maybe he was talking, he was for the Republican, you know, a guy. Mm -hmm. So he, he pretended that Obama was sitting in the chair. So he talked only to the chair, but he was talking to the nation, you know, had a microphone. But he was talking to the chair and he was dissing Obama in the chair. He was, you know, saying, well, why did you do this? And why did you do that? But he didn't have his spiel down. He thought he could, like, you know, just free, free form, you know, free will, improvise. And it wasn't, there was no flow, man. There was no, just no flow. And he was, um, and, and it was like stuttering and, and it, he bombed. Clint Eastwood bombed, and everybody in the next day's papers said, hey, man, you bombed. Don't do that. Why did you do that? You look like an idiot out there. And he did. But then, you know, he's a savant of uh, Lear's limericks, and he comes up with these great characters, most popular guy on the, on the planet. So, you know, people somewhere, everybody is, is just a homo sapien. That's all. And, you know, I, I look for that. And there you have it. <laughs> there you have it. We're all so, just homo sapiens in the universe. And I try, right. Yeah, I just try to mention homo sapiens more than human beings or people. Right. Just, you, we we got to get into that. We're not thinking like, like species. That's very dangerous, man. Every other species has got it down now. Lions, tigers, elephants, bugs. They got it down and then they have their territories and they just do their thing. And it's all settled. They have no, you know, oh, 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 I'm in your territory. I got it. I got it. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. You got it. Okay. Yeah. But we don't. We don't think like species. We think like people. That's one of the problems with intelligence. Exactly. Good for Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Gold well, star got- on the refrigerator. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I got one last question for you, Larry. Yeah, go go for it. You a cat guy or a dog guy? Cat guy or a dog guy? Well, I don't know. Uh, both have uh, are good. I thought about getting one of each. I, I don't. I I uh, equal equal time. Okay. They're they're both species. I can't make a. They both can live. Both can live. Uh, I don't know. There's something magical about puppy breath. I was gonna say, it, or if you're, you're a friend's lover, you know, if you're a friend's lover, it's he's gonna get a monkey. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to bring it up. I'm sorry. No, no I, uh, <laughs> I have the monkey. Oh, the monkey. The monkey. Uh, all I know about monkeys is I don't think they like a bell cap 
a bellhop's cap and a tutu. I, I just don't <laughs> think monkeys can relate to those two things. I think if you took the the bellhop's cap off and the tutu, I think the director would like directing a monkey much better. I think he would listen. Well, I, don't know. I, I was on the set, on and that director, Paul Peter Bonners, who's a friend of mine, would chase that monkey all over the set, trying him to do what he wanted him to do. And the <laughs> monkey just would have none of it. And I, he was giving me some direction. And I'm arguing with him because he's my friend, you know, and I'm not talking to a director. I'm talking to my friend. So I change, you know, I'm just talking to, hey, man, no, I don't want to do it that way. You know, I want to do it this way. Come on, Peter. You know, I don't talk that way to a director. You know, you're right. okay. So I'm talking, no, no. And and then all of a sudden, I see one of the ADs chasing the monkey around. You know, the, the trying to because we're trying to set up a shot. And so Peter says, I, I can't talk to you now. I got to deal with the monkey. And he left. <laughs> Sounds like us, Jeff, right? We got to deal with the monkey. Yeah, but yeah. that's the greatest thing a director could ever say to an actor. No, I can't deal with you now. I got to deal with the monkey. And then you just, well, I mean, say that to Clint Eastwood. Clint, I can't deal with you now. I got to deal with the ape. Aaron <laughs> <laughs> Klein. Yeah. Right there, Aaron Klein. Uh, Leo, any last questions? Uh, well, the one I normally ask is, uh, you know, what do you dork out about? I, you, you love writing, uh, but is there like, um, homo sapiens and the fact that we don't, I, I'm dorking out because I watch Nova a lot and I'm dorking out on homo sapiens that human beings don't think as themselves as a species. So wherever I can bring it up, I do. So that's one thing I dork about and, uh, riding my bike is another thing I really love. That's really great. So those two things. Oh, awesome. is it, does it move or is it like a stationary bike? No, outside. No, I can't. Oh, okay. I, that's that's fake. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. No, it's not fake. It's cool. <laughs> but if you take one of those bikes, called a stationary bike, what yeah. I'd like to see is to take a stationary bike and put it, you know, in a bike lane on the on the road and just get on it. <laughs> now that would be funny. Zoom. Zoom. Yeah. Well, it's a bike. That I'm going to do. Before I die, that's one of my, my bucket list. I got a bucket list. That's going on. That Thank would you. be hysterical, actually. Right. Right. It'll be national. Driving in a car and going, what the fuck was that? Did you hey, wait. It? Isn't it that guy? <laughs> bike? What's he doing? Where can I buy your book? Amazon. Amazon. Uh, on that note, Leo. Yeah, we'll wrap things up. I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. You know me. You know how to find me. Just head on over to thedorkening.com. You can find all the shows there. A lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. Head on over to thedorkening.com. And uh, Larry, where, where do you like people interacting with you on social media? Uh, you can't. There's just too many. I can't do it. I, I just, it's crazy. I don't have a secretary. I don't, I'm not in show business. I work in show business, but I'm not in show business. Where can I, um, the best thing, you know, is uh, because I don't even use Facebook anymore, but I mean, you Buy can. Buy his book and leave a review. 
How about your website? You. you have a website now, don't you? Uh, well, okay, there's two. One is uh, uh, um, com. I have my paintings. These are my paintings. So mm-hmm. all my paintings, about 40 or 50 of them on there. And uh, some videos, that I, stuff that I produced and all my stuff. And there's a... There's a message board there, but I don't ever answer it. I, I, I don't. <laughs> uh, and um, and then there's the uh, Patreon. I have a Patreon station called Patreon slash Larry Hankin, or Patreon dot Larry Hankin, or Patreon dot com Larry Hankin. I, I don't go there either. Um, I'm not in show business. I I, I like doing podcasts because I'm in my home. My home. Podcasts are great, man. I love podcasts. Um, so that's it. That's how you can get in touch with me. Um, yeah. You don't. There we go. I don't, I don't have anybody to do that stuff, man. Look at my apartment, you know. I, I'm doing too many things, you know. I, I. It's hard. It's hard. Life is hard. Life is really hard. <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> Larry, you're a trip, man. Wow. I wish I did the first show when we had you on a couple of years ago because I would I would have been more prepared. I would have been a I would have been okay. Okay. <laughs> but I want to thank you for coming on. Uh it's it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Oh, you thank know, you, Jeff. Agree to disagree, whatever it is. You know what I mean? I love you for Oh yeah, no, was a, by the way, that word, I was that was a joke. I I, I revere you, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, as far as us goes, uh, just go to SellToken.com. We will answer our emails and messages. Uh, You go to the Facebook page, uh, Token with the Dead. Um, Get my book. That's it. Get my book. That's how you you can contact me. Yeah, that's what I said. Get the book, and then you can leave a review. Yes, and then I'll. That you can read now that you know where to find them. Cool. I'll answer you if you do. If you buy the book, I'll answer you. Well, people send me the book to, to autograph, and I. I send it back. I yeah, I do that. Oh, they oh, no, okay. I can't give you the address. They find it. I don't know where they got my address. I get these books that people send me. You know, would you please sign this and send it back? And they send me a you know a self-addressed envelope and everything with enough pay postage, and I send it back. So, but I don't know how they get my address. I don't know my address. Have you ever sent any back? You know, asking you if you would if you'd sign the book, please, and send it back. You just leave a note. No. And send it back. <laughs> no, Larry Hankin. No, so they know who signed it. The note, I will the not sign signed. this, Larry Hankin. <laughs> Said uh, where, where did you get my address? Larry. Yeah, right. Because I'd like to. I'd like to go home. <laughs> I, Oh, like Jeff said, you know, you can check us out at stilltoking.com every Wednesday here on the Dorkening Podcast Network with our show, Still Talking With. Um, Kicking season five, you know, wow. Season five. I'm getting fucking old. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody send me my address. I want to go home too. Yeah, right. You know, but no, I want to thank Larry for coming out and hanging out with us. Uh, It was a a pleasure as always. Check out the show notes. That's yeah. where you can find out about his book. You might even find his address in there. 
I doubt it though. I doubt I um, doubt it. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know where they get it. It's really weird. I don't know. It's but in this day and age, I mean, th- your information is out there. I, I don't argue about it too much. It's Right. If they want right. it, they'll get it. That's yeah. true. Right. And uh for a certain price. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I might know somebody that has it. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> How do I get in touch with you? (laughs) (laughs) To all the veterans and first responders, we want to thank you for doing what you do so people like us can do what we do. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. We're out of here. Peace.